1: Subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 in Lexington, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Uh, We're going to talk plenty of basketball. Kentucky taking on Georgia Tuesday night, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Same crew that called it last time Carl Ravage, Jay Billis, Marty Smith is the sideline reporter. Um, I mean, if you believe in those kind of things, superstitious, (laughs) it worked out for Kentucky uh, pretty well. But. Uh, that last game, I, I noticed something. It was the shortest amount of time that UK has led in a game that it wound up winning. Kentucky w- led that game for 13 and a half minutes in Athens. So Georgia had the lead for nearly 23 minutes of the game. Well, yeah, it, you you
0: remember right before halftime, it was like yeah. Kentucky was on the ropes before Ashton Hagen's dribbled down the court and nailed that three.
1: Yeah, so that, but that made it Kentucky's... Uh, 13th consecutive win over Georgia. Uh, when, when they played in Lexington, Kentucky's won 61 of the 66 games. there. are the last loss. Um, I, maybe this was before you You didn't – were you around at all for Billy Gillespie? No. So that was, that was it. That was the nail in the coffin for him. The last loss to Georgia was the one. It was um, senior day, uh, 2009 in Lexington, um, Georgia won that game, and then Kentucky went on to the NIT uh, and lost to Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Um, and then that that was the end of it. Somewhere along the way, Billy Gillespie said he's not an ambassador oh, uh, yeah. of the uh, of of the program or the university, and, and Mitch Barnhart did, uh, <laughs> did not agree with that. Also, some parents, um, you know were involved by talking to Mr. Barnhart a little bit about their experiences with Coach Gillespie. The best thing he gave us was that they played, uh, because for whatever reason, I can't remember what it was, what the conflict was. Maybe it was the Sweet 16 high school basketball tournament. Oh,
0: the NIT game in Memorial Coliseum.
1: Yep, they played UNLV in Memorial Coliseum. And that was just, it was like seeing Kentucky in a, you know, because, you know, I was definitely not around to see him play in Memorial
0: Coliseum, so... It was like you know seeing UK in a little gym, so it was, it was a fun atmosphere. That's how that I, if you if you make the nit and you're hosting at a program like that, you should play it in whatever, yeah. whatever old throwback gym. I mean if you're and if you don't have an old gym still on campus, you ought to just run it at a big high school or something. Yeah, <laughs> because I think that's a cool environment. But uh, but you know this Georgia team is not very good. They've lost three of the last four,
1: uh, beginning with that Kentucky game. I mean they beat Memphis and then the Kentucky beat them and then they got beat. By 22 at Auburn. Uh, they beat Tennessee and Athens, and then they are coming off their worst loss in the history of the program uh, in the series with Mississippi State. Miss State's yeah. beat them 91-59, to and so that is what they're coming off of into this game at Rupp Arena. I mean, obviously, they've got Anthony Edwards, and we saw what he could do in that first game against them, uh, but... They're just they're just really bad in a lot of areas. They have as many assists. They average as many assists as they average turnovers. Uh, they're, like, they shoot it. They Their opponents shoot 44% against them. I think that's, like, second to last in the conference. Uh, they don't shoot it well from the three. Um, they're not good at rebounding margin. They're only, like, plus two there. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, they're second in steals, so they got that going for them, which <laughs> yeah. is nice. No,
0: they're but, not good. They're they're not good. But uh, to me, this is this is more of a test of Kentucky. Uh, we talked mm-hmm. about it before the last game. Like you felt like they'd probably play well at at Arkansas because they, as Keon Brooks admitted, they play up to their competition and they play down to their competition. Yeah. Um, and. You know, the first game at Georgia, they could get up for that because it was an Anthony Edwards matchup for Tyrese Maxey. It was it was uh, Ashton Hagen's going home. You always know they're going to get up for you. They sold out the arena and had another promotional night or whatever. And you know, NBA stars are on the sidelines and rappers are on the sidelines um, for that game. This is you know now Georgia's come back to earth. You already know you can beat Georgia. Uh, I think there's, there's a risk of playing down again, and coming off such an emotional win at Arkansas, you know, this will be another test of progress. Can they can they have a huge win and and maintain in a game that they should win, a, a weeknight game at home against a, a team they've already beaten?
1: Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. That, this, uh, that was a big emotional kind of win, and, you know, t- um, Kenny Payne called it, you know, they had climbed the mountain, the pretty big mountain, and winning against Arkansas, and now you come back home and you know you're you're a better team than Georgia, uh, but you know Anthony Edwards. Uh, Tony Barbie said about him is what makes him dangerous. He's capable of going for forty, and they they post him up now. Some uh, he can hit a thirty footer. He can uh, hit the mid range. He can blow by, uh, and and all that stuff is true. Uh, but I found it interesting that when Ashton was asked about the plan uh, for defending Anthony Edwards, uh, that Ashton said. Yeah, I mean, same, we're going to do the same thing, and nothing's going to change. And then when Brooks was asked, Keon Brooks was asked the same question, it was, um, "Uh, I don't want to give away our secrets, but yeah, we're going to throw some different stuff him. So (laughs) that tells you the difference between a sophomore and a freshman at Kentucky.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, but they both said bother him, you know, make make him uncomfortable. Uh, and I think the thing is, if you take him out of it, you know, a lot of times you'll say if team if a play if team's got one player, you say you know let him get his, we won't let anybody else beat us. I think it, with him, it's take him out, focus on him, take him out of it. they they the rest of their players just aren't good enough yet. Um, no. And if you get you know if you get him frustrated, he's going to start jacking those crazy shots. He's I mean, you look at his his shot pattern uh, lately, and he's it started at the second half of that. Kentucky game he shot him out of the game you know he played him into the game he shot him out of the game Um, you know and this is uh, look there's no there's no reason for Jay Billis and Marty Marty Smith and those guys to be uh, coming to this game other than they're there to hype up Anthony Edwards Mm. you know they they, ESPN is on draft watch and he's at the top of the draft watch and he's playing against Kentucky again they've got some NBA guys you know, th- this is this is the, the Anthony Edwards show, um, and I think he has fallen victim to that a little bit. Um, you know, and, and I, I don't know. Maybe it's just Tom Crean going like, hey, we need you to do that. We ain't got anybody else. <laughs> right. Um, but I'm trying to pull it up here. His game log. Uh, so the Mississippi State loss, he's 5 of 16, 1 of 8 yeah. from 3. Uh, the Tennessee game that they won, he took 17 shots. He was – 7 of 17. Uh, the Auburn loss, he was 6 of 15 and 2 of 9 from 3. The Kentucky loss, 8 of 17, 3 of 9 from 3. You know, he's, he's had at least – so his last five games, 16 attempts, 17 attempts, 15 attempts, 17, 17. He had a 20-shot game, another mm. 17. A 20 – Michigan State, he attempted 26 shots uh, to get his 37 points. Um he uh, to me, you know, you just bother the crap out of him, and yeah. he's shooting. Let him four, take his shots. He's yeah. shooting forty percent for the season from the yeah. field, not from three, from the field. Uh, I I would venture to guess that the you know a, a potential number one overall pick has never shot been a forty percent field goal shooter. Right. Um, so anyway, anyway I I, I'm, I don't see it. I think they ought to be able to to win this game, but it is, it's going to be a test of, you know, can you, can you correct the thing that you know is an issue that, you know, playing up and plan down? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to read just to set the week kind of for people, uh, the oh, wait, EP... look, before you do that, why yeah. don't we set the week after we take a break? Let's do it. Let's jump into this break.
1: And when we come back, Kyle will set the week for us when the locked on Kentucky podcast continues.
0: You are locked on Kentucky.
1: Your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Kentucky podcast, and uh, Kyle, you were about to set the week for us, so set it up.
0: Yeah. So Kentucky, the new AP poll came out. Kentucky slid five spots. They, you know, they had the the half and half week. They lost to to lost a bad one to South Carolina, and then won a huge one against Arkansas on the road. Um, I think it would have been perfectly acceptable to leave them right where they were, but they right. uh, they moved. Uh, from number 10 down to number 15 in the AP poll Uh, their wins so far uh, Louisville's up to number six Michigan State to number 11 and then Arkansas even after that loss it finished 36th in the voting so they're still uh, being considered by voters Um, the next two Saturdays they are at number 18 Texas Tech at number 16 Auburn uh, and then others of notes, LSU's 27th in the voting this week and Florida 35th. They only play once against LSU this year. They're at LSU like mid-February. Uh, then late in the year they play Florida twice, home and then away, always at – every other year they end the regular season at Florida, and that's the case this year. Right. Um, so that just kind of projecting that out, that gives you what, one, two, three, four, five more – Opportunities against uh, current top thirty-five AP teams, um, and four of those are on the road. So, yeah. Well, how
1: how, how far did uh, Auburn fall? They were like they fourth were from
0: th- fourth to sixteenth with uh, two losses.
1: Yeah, and Duke lost twice as well, and they were and only hard. fell
0: they only fell like five spots. I think they're yes. still like eighth. Yeah, that's the most predictable thing ever. People <laughs> just can't people people can't give up on Duke. They just uh, can't.
1: Oh, uh, it was uh, yeah cuz that um um butler fell back pretty far as well i think they fell like 6 or 7 spots so. yeah
0: all but, the all the teams that uh, the other two teams in the top 5 that lost twice last week dropped like 10 plus spots but uh, yeah but not duke not no, no, the no, mighty no. blue devils even though they have no. lost at home to uh Stephen f austin uh, right we uh, we don't penalize that but uh Anyway, so that's kind of where where Kentucky is, uh, with you know, if you if you take care of business against Georgia, and then you can go win that game at Texas Tech, you've really rejuvenated, I think, your season, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and what felt like an impossibility almost, not impossibility, but an unlikeliness, unlikelihood um, of them sweeping those three straight Saturday games against. Quality opponents, you know, I think they could pull it off. Auburn has looked certainly mortal here these last. Yeah, couple after games. this week, I mean, after um, you
1: saw what happened this week with the what they did at Arkansas, that showed you something. Seeing what Auburn has done over the week, losing twice by showed you nineteen something else. plus
0: both times,
1: yeah, and then knowing uh, Texas Tech's makeup, which is they basically play eight guys and the. T- they have one of them is six eight, and the rest of them are six six or shorter. Right, so they're all guards, Kentucky and they're trying to turn
0: them. they're trying to turn you over with the pressure defense. And Kentucky is probably really? better equipped than anybody they'll play to handle that with their guards. Right, so mm-hmm. yeah, so I mean, it's a good I think matchup. The, yeah, I think the toughest game, you know, I think what'll end up being the toughest game of these three weekend games will be the Texas Tech game, but. Uh, but they've got a chance, and so they can certainly correct the narrative about themselves and and um, polish up their tournament resume. Maybe minimize those bad losses with a couple more really good quality wins. So their the chances are out there for Kentucky to kind of get it right, um, you know. And there's some I, yeah, I think there's some reasons to believe they can. One one of the things that I wrote about today, I kind of wrote a little bit of a hodgepodge of, of kind of notes about what we learned. About Kentucky in uh, Fayetteville, but the one I led with was the idea that maybe, maybe after what we saw Saturday, Kentucky should keep that zone defense in its hip pocket to to use occasionally, much more or, or more more than they have uh, yeah. so far because it was really really effective. Um, I went and looked. I've mentioned a few times before the the site Synergy that. Um, the athletic is gracious enough to uh, provide me with a login for um, that has just some mind boggling data and video database. And uh, I can click on any kind of sequence of uh, categories and watch every video of every player on the team cut up in those. Um, And one of the things I wanted to look at coaching video basically. Yeah. The coaches use it and NBA scouts and everybody use, use that. Um, and some media have access to it and finally I've finally gotten my hands on it and I love it uh, I spent a lot of time on that site um, but I wanted to see how often has Kentucky used zone this season now this is not a this is not a uh, infallible data because they don't always you know sometimes you'll see stuff the way they have it logged and it may not fall in the category you would think it would fall in but this is a pretty good barometer they had logged almost 1300 defensive possessions for Kentucky this season in the first 16 games before Saturday and 11 categorized 11 of them as zone defense 11 possessions out of 1300 right so they'd basically not used any zone you know a handful of plays against two or three opponents against against Arkansas they used it 16 on 16 possessions in the final eight minutes of the game and Arkansas only made four shots over those eight minutes. Yeah, and missed seven of their first eight against the zone, and ended up scoring eleven total points, and two of those were on free throws against the zone. Uh, so eleven points in sixteen possession works out to like six tenths of a point per possession, which is elite. Yes, um, that I think you've got to think. Okay, I've used I've used a couple different analogies today for how I how I think Calipari should think about his zone, um, and and the first one on Tom Leach this morning was um, like the emergency brake in your car. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to use it for your routine stop. But if you're barreling down a hill and and you can't get it slowed down, pull that bad boy. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, uh, don't just keep mashing the brake that doesn't work. Um, and, and then the other one, which was sort of aided by uh, Tony Barbie talking today, who's the zone specialist and has taught the zone, um was you know Cal has always worked on it we we work on it just in case and he said it, he keeps it in case of a a, a break gla- a break glass in case of emergency situation and we finally right. encountered one of those against arkansas uh and when you say, when you hear that break glass in case of emergency is on the outside of a fire extinguisher
1: <laughs> right so yeah.
0: think of think of the zone i think cal Perry should think of the zone as a fire extinguisher uh, stop because, the bleeding yeah if 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 you got a kitchen fire and you hit it with this fire extinguisher then it it stops as a small fire <laughs> if you yeah. don't use the fire extinguisher and you just hope, it goes, up, you hope <laughs> it goes up you hope it goes out on its own the house might burn down
1: yeah.
0: uh, and that's how I described it in what I wrote today um, but I really think they ought to they ought to Calipari, not they, because the, I think the other coaches have clearly shown they will use it if he's if yes. he's in the locker room and can't see the television. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he should think about just mixing it in. I think I think it's a good emergency break. You know, if you're if you're against a team and your defense isn't doing what you want it to do, or they're just hot, uh, or not even hot. If they're especially a team that's driving at will on you, yeah, um, throw that out there and just throw the brakes on them. You know, it'll changing right. that look all of a sudden. From a, when you're such a heavy man team, it makes the other team have to go whoa whoa whoa. What are we looking at here? And even right. if, even if that's like for 30 seconds, that that gets you something. Um, so I, I, I that was one thing that I really kind of took away from Saturday. Um, was that and, zone. All right. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk a little bit more. We'll uh, on the other side of this break, uh, we'll pick up
1: where we left off on the zone uh, and talk a little bit more about it here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. <laughs>
0: This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day.
1: All right, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast, and we were talking about the uh, zone, and and Calipari mentioned on his radio show Monday night that he wished he would have used it a little more against South Carolina. And when you think about these games that Kentucky has built, these double-digit leads, and then let it all slip away, had he thrown the zone out there here or there to stop a team's momentum and, and, and you know, just change something up just to make them think about it, to get, to get their role slowed, you know, so that they don't come storming back on you and all of a sudden you're in a tie game. Yeah. When they get on a little bit of a run, be like, okay, let's throw the... Uh, throw the fire extinguisher at him and and put this little thing out before it grows to something that we're going to have trouble controlling. And uh, if he would have done that at South Carolina, who knows how that turns out because that game ends up being a buzzer-beater game. Uh, And then it it clearly worked against Arkansas. So maybe Barbie and Payne uh, turned his head a little bit on this thing Um, by the way it worked out against Arkansas.
0: Well, and they've had so many... They've had like five or six games where they're up by 10 to 15 points early in the second half. And the other team goes on this, you know, huge run of that swings at 10 or 15 points the other way. Yeah. Uh, and if, you know, if a couple shots drop and you sense the momentum slipping away, you throw that out there and maybe it puts the brakes on it. The other, I think the other thing it does is it just communicates all of a sudden to your team. Sometimes it's hard you think you're getting through and they're not listening. You're there. It's white noise. Like, you know, defend better or whatever you're saying to them. But if you switch defenses completely, if you go to something that you don't normally go to that in itself, that action communicates like, Oh, okay. We're, we're expected to stop this run now. Mm -hmm. Um, and it I, I, also
1: makes them have to think a little more. Like well, you're not yeah. just doing what you were normally doing. Now all of a sudden you've got to think about this thing that we don't practice a whole lot. Correct. So you've got to kind of you know. So you
0: So now you reengage mentally in in right. defense. And, and I thought when I went back through too, the, the other nice thing about synergy is I'm just watching those clips. I'm just watching, just the zone defense clips um, from the South Carolina. I'm sorry, from the Arkansas game, and you can see. And I think Cal mentioned this on the radio tonight too. You can see the guards communicating uh, because they have to because it's not something they're used to. So they're barking out at each other like "Where you got to be." If you watch Emmanuel quickly, if you go back and watch the last eight minutes of that game, Emmanuel quickly is is talking, 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 pointing. He's yeah. communicating with everybody on the defense. Um, and it was kind of like a little bit of a I don't I guess you'd call it a matchup zone uh, a little bit. Uh, they were they were definitely not letting the shooters get loose you know they were not letting the guys that they were worried about uh, get away from them but uh, I I thought that was really interesting to see them communicate with each other Um, and and I think that's another byproduct of it so that was that was my big takeaway from that game the other one or or one of the others you know we talked about Keon Brooks the other night that was big Um, but I asked Tony Barbie today I said could you have imagined at any point in his first two years that you would have been drawing up plays for Nick Richards down the stretch on the road in a huge game? And he laughed and he said, no, because he probably wouldn't have been in the game at that point uh, in, in the previous two years. But he said he is evolved. And I thought that was a, a good point too. He said there have been so many guys that are just so good from day one at Kentucky that you forget that normal humans exist. And like, Nick Richards is a normal college player who got a little better as a sophomore, and now he's way better as a junior. Um, and so that now he is that guy. He's the guy they're drawing up plays for. And that I went back and watched that too. Uh, you know when they're when they're trying to extend their own run to to push the lead against Arkansas at the end, uh, they run a, a pick and roll uh, for for uh nick at the top and he draws a foul makes two free throws then they spread the floor out four four wide uh and then throw it you know isolate him on a guy he's seven inches taller than throw it to him he gets fouled makes two free throws Uh, and then they spread the floor out again uh, and they run a little action where maxi drives draws the basically the entire defense and just throws up a lob for an easy dunk for nick richards six points like it was nothing For him, and I, I just think the fact that they're counting on him in that way uh, is remarkable. And when you heard uh, Eric Musselman talk about, you know, how worried that we we had a piece I want to reference on the Athletic, it's published now by Brian Bennett. He was there with them for three days with Arkansas, watching them prepare. They he had total access, and there's some really great stuff people should read about, just sort of from another coach's perspective, a guy who coached in the NBA, very smart coach. How he thought of Kentucky and what he was worried about and what their plan was to to lay off Ashton Hagens and sort of they basically said you know get in his head to make him shoot it uh, by not defending him Uh, and that kind of backfired. But also how how much they sort of revered um, Nick Richards and worried about him. Uh, He said if if he outruns us and they were watching all these clips where Nick Richards is running. By the defense, getting back down the floor, which says a lot about how much Nick has progressed, um, that that's going to beat us. Um, I just thought that was really interesting, too. I mean, Nick is, Nick really is, you know, fully transformed uh, in, in yeah. SEC games only now. He's third in the SEC in rebounds, 9.2 per game in SEC play, third in blocks, three blocks a game in SEC play, uh, and number one in the SEC in field goal percentage. I mean that's amazing. He's he's a and he's yeah. and he's a, like uh, eighth in scoring, sixteen point six points a game in SEC. He's he is a first team All SEC center right now.
1: He is absolutely. You know one of the other uh, comments that uh, Barbie made. I thought that you know we, EJ Montgomery so many times has been um, you know maligned this season and uh, rightfully so. I mean, but. Uh, He did do one thing against Arkansas that Barbie said uh, doesn't show up in the box score and doesn't get talked about, but he wanted to point out that E.J. Montgomery did a great job defending Jimmy Witt, and Jimmy Witt in the game before Kentucky uh, against, I believe, Vanderbilt, yeah, they played Vanderbilt, Uh, he had 30 points against Vanderbilt the game before Kentucky. Uh the game before that uh he had like 11 uh against He had
0: 22-2 games earlier against LSU on the road. Against
1: LSU. Yeah, he had 22 points. So this was a guy uh that was like third leading scorer, I believe, on the team.
0: Yeah, 15 and, a game.
1: And he was he was held in check most of the game. He he it was very late before he even got going. He wound up with uh what 14 points, but that was cuz he went to the free throw line and hit 8 of his eight free throws, but he was three of nine shooting overall in the game against Kentucky, and E.J. Montgomery's defense was a big reason for that.
0: Yeah, that was was another thing I went back and watched on Synergy, and they had five uh, one-on-one battles, Montgomery and Witt, and he scored uh, two points, one for four from the field and turned it over. E.J. just suffocated him every time, every shot he put up, including the one he made. E.J. had a hand in his face, Um, and he's he's 6'10", guarding a 6'3". Uh, guy out on the perimeter, um, yeah. and, and that is, I, I you know he said, you know you only get credit for making an offensive highlight, but that was something that EJ deserves a lot of credit for, and I agree with that. So
1: yeah, Musselman credited it too. I mean, Musselman was asked in his post game press conference about it, and he said, yeah, they, he didn't say EJ. He said, yeah, they put the four on on Wit, and that really bothered him. Yeah, yeah
0: and sure. Keon Keon Brooks was in like two or three of those clips that I saw of wits, offensive possessions. He was another guy who really bothered him. Well,
1: you think about Kentucky and Barbie said this out loud today to everybody. It was, we are one of the elite defensive teams in the country. And I think he's right. I mean, if you go through all of the numbers, they're not going to stack up as Kentucky's top five in all the best defensive categories that you need to be. But you, when you look at those guards, And then the length and the ability of EJ to guard and Keon to guard, uh, you know, shorter guys, uh, guards, uh, to be able to do that. And Nick, you know, and his athleticism, uh, to be able to switch with him as well. That length, that size that Kentucky has, they they are uh, looking like one of the elite defensive teams in the country.
0: Yeah, the the metrics don't say so, but I mean, I I think they're – that's because that takes into account an entire season, and uh, this Kentucky team is going to be kind of a, a season we should judge in like pockets, you know, as the mm-hmm. season progresses. Like, how do they look in this window here, this recent window, five games, however many games? Uh, and here recently, they're looking, uh, I think, a lot more formidable. I mean, Arkansas season low uh, field goal percentage, thirty three percent. When you're when you're playing in their building, um, and you're and you're doing things you don't normally do defensively, that uh, I think that's impressive.
1: Well, they did it to Alabama too. Alabama came in scoring like almost ninety points a game or something, and they held Alabama to their worst.
0: And has uh, continued to play percentage. well since they left Rupp Arena.
1: And that's right. So you run into Kentucky, and all of a sudden you're not shooting the ball as well as you have all season long. Um, there was something else I had that I was uh, gonna throw out here. Oh, that uh, you know that we didn't get a chance to talk about this following the Arkansas game in our you know on our podcast yesterday. Uh, was that Johnny Juzang uh, started to play a little bit more. He gave quality minutes against Arkansas, and uh, Barbie said, yeah, I mean, he got sick, uh, so, you know, what's he going to do? He can't really earn his right to play, but he has. He has earned his right to play more. That's uh, how Calipari sees it, and he's done it.
0: Well, when you go get get five rebounds in eight minutes in your first game back uh, at South Carolina and then the next game in a tight game when your guards are in foul trouble – and he comes in and nails a, a pull-up jumper, nails a three-pointer. Um, you know, I think Barbie said, you know, Calipari doesn't give anybody anything. You earn everything under him in terms of playing time. And he said Johnny has earned it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I think he probably plays at the expense of Khalil Whitney until Khalil uh, right. earns some time back. But uh, good for Johnny. I, I, it has had to have been a brutal year for him so far. And, and I think it it's been very important – for him and maybe for Kentucky that he's had seen some success these last two games.
1: Well, that's the thing is it's, it's only, you know, January 20th. We're not even to February yet. And, you know, we're five games through the conference schedule. If Johnny Juzang can go out onto the floor and feel comfortable and just play basketball and feel like he's doing what he needs to do. And, and, uh, because we've heard EJ talk about him trying to be perfect and, and maybe Khalil's Got too much where he's thinking too much because I, I can totally understand the, the way Calipari coaches you. I can see where it's difficult for you to think that you can just go out there and play. Like if you make a dumb mistake on defense or something, boom, you're gone, you're out, and you're like, ah, how do I get this right? You know, I, ah, everything I do is wrong. And then he turns around and tells you, just go play basketball. I'm like well, that's what I'm trying to do, coach. Yeah. You know, So I can see how that would just frustrate the hell out of you and. And it'd be difficult for you to go feel comfortable. If Juzang can start to feel comfortable, then maybe you start to see that shot of his that he was recruited for. And if that begins to come out, you're talking about another offensive weapon that you were hoping to get from Khalil Whitney. Because remember, media day, Kentucky Basketball Media Day, in Calipari's press conference, the two guys he said are natural scorers, Johnny Juzang and Khalil Whitney. Yeah, he said I've got I, I got to get those guys to pass the ball because they always want to score it. They are natural scorers. We haven't seen it from Khalil. We haven't really seen it from Juzang, but Juzang seems the closer. Yeah, and I never
0: offensive. honestly, I never really bought that about Khalil because he's just his skills aren't there. Um, you know, maybe it's just a guy that running and jumping and dunking and finishing. But but Johnny, I did. I mean, I was driving the Johnny Juzang hype train. Curtis Birch, my two two podcast hosts ago. Went out yeah. and bought uh, train whistles and conductor hats to uh, <laughs> to make a joke of my uh, my hype for Johnny using But he's he's a real shooter. And Cal Perry said, like he's the guy that every time he shoots it, you think it's going in. It looks so good. Um, and, and, and if you saw him in, on the AAU circuit and people, oh, AAU. But he had some high-profile matchups against some elite players where he went off and scored 30 in a game and hit six. I think, I forget now the guy that he was playing against, but it was a, a, a high-end, like top 15 recruit from one of the previous year's classes. So a guy that was older than him. Um, I watched the entire game, and like the first he hit like six of his first seven threes just pulling up in this dude's face. Johnny can play basketball, and he can shoot the ball. Um, and I think he's worked really hard to be better at the things he wasn't very good at, defending and and contributing as a rebounder. And he should, as a guy who's six six or whatever, as a guard. But yeah, get a little confidence, and Johnny could absolutely be a weapon that they can utilize. I mean, he's he's a bigger and probably more talented Jamal Baker, and Jamal Baker needed went and got a change of scenery and started making half his three pointers at Arizona. Um, You hope you can get that out of the guy before he leaves, and I think that'll be the goal with Johnny Juzang. Um,
1: Quickly, just a couple things. Um, A guy who who was playing Kentucky, now this will be his eighth time playing Kentucky, is Georgia senior Tyree Crump. And in his seven games against Kentucky, he is 9 of 41 shooting the ball, 7 of 33 from the three, so about 21, 22 percent there. Uh, all time, so he so he'll score be, forty then, right? Uh, and then I brought this up the last time. Georgia is seven and zero when it wins the opening tip, so clearly they didn't win the opening tip in that game down in Athens. And then lastly, this this is the uh, one of the coaches versus cancer sneakers games, so you'll see both Tom Crean and John Calipari out there in sneakers. Calipari usually uh, takes them off at halftime and comes back out in dress shoes for the second half. I don't know why he does that but yeah uh, he just seems to do that um oh i guess we should mention before we go just quickly calipari gave an explanation on on his technical and uh i don't buy it
0: no no i mean he, and it, it's protracted he basically said uh, on the first technical two different officials blew their whistle and teed him up on that one technical as they seem to be in a competition of who could tee him up first. Uh, and so he thought – he said he thought he was already ejected because he got two technicals at once. And so he decided to get his money's worth and, you know, go, you know, have the last word, and then that actually got him actually ejected. And then when that happened, two different officials blew their whistle and tossed him simultaneously. So I guess he technically got four, four, four <laughs> technical fouls. Uh, but uh, – and he, so he said he well, he said he did want the technical the initial technical he was trying to draw that to make his displeasure known but he was not trying to get thrown out I, I don't know i don't now that he's gone to the lengths of telling that ridiculous tale i don't i do think he did it on purpose so and 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 i think i saw somebody else point out even if not like on purpose like i want to be thrown out he knew what he was doing so it wasn't accidental yeah. uh he, you know he knew that if he kept coming at him on the court he was getting thrown out of that game every coach knows that
1: and he was not animated i think one of his daughters tweeted that the uh, i can't believe you're throwing him out he's, he gets more animated when watching his alaskan reality shows than he does than yeah. he did for that technical yeah. right yeah. there yeah, yeah. He, the he, other great tweet by the way from one of his daughters was that um I, I don't know what that that ref thinks he's going to do by trying to get in in dad's face there because dad's belly acts as a barrier. (laughs) There's no way you're getting in there. They just kill each other, man. It's just going to knock you to the ground. And the best one was Brad showing the video of Cal running from the arena to the bus following the morning shoot around Saturday in front of all the Arkansas fans. And Brad's tweet was something like, when you're waiting for uh, your coffee at Dunkin' and you hear uh, "medium hot coffee, one splenda, one cream," <laughs> <laughs> now <laughs> we know Calipari his order. Running. Yeah, oh,
0: now we know his order.
1: All right, so that'll do it for this uh, edition, Tuesday edition, Kentucky and Georgia. We will recap that game. On tomorrow's Locked On Kentucky podcast, talk about that as well as pretty big one uh, at the exact same time as Kentucky and Georgia is Florida at LSU seven o'clock on Tuesday as well. So we'll talk about uh, both those games, but especially, obviously, uh, the Kentucky game, uh, which we expect uh, Kentucky they better not play down to the competition because that'll that'll say something else to us. So we'll see what it what it says. I mean, it's an important game to for that test, like you mentioned uh, earlier in the show, Kyle. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R.
0: At Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H.
1: Yeah, tweet at us your comments, questions, anything. Uh, we'll try to get to it here on the Locked on Kentucky podcast. Thanks for listening, guys.
0: You are Locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked on Don't worry, I won't finish, you get the idea.